Welcome to Tip of the Spear, powered by You Mortgage. This podcast is all about uncovering the truth behind VA loans for our nation's bravest by none other than VA experts themselves. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, the Senior Learning Specialist here at You Mortgage and a veteran myself, having served six years in the U.S. Army. Join me every Wednesday and every Sunday to learn from mortgage loan originators who specialize in veteran loans about how you can maximize your military benefits and make your dreams of homeownership become a reality. I'm your host, Dave Higgins, here today with Mike Alberico from Raleigh, North Carolina. And he's going to talk with me a little bit about some of the basic qualifications that you're going to need to get yourself a VA mortgage loan. Mike, really excited to have you here, my friend. Thanks for joining me today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here because VA lending is a huge passion for me. I've been doing this since 2012, have really started focus on uh, VA lending the last four years when I got involved with a veteran advocacy group to help protect our veterans from predatory practices by some of our larger lenders that were taking advantage of VA loans or uh, veterans through the VA loan and you know charging higher fees and rates than necessary. And um, I never had the honor of serving the military, but my uh, father, stepfather and grandfather did. That's his... Um, flag behind me. I keep it behind me every day um, to remind me of the mission that I'm on. And um, that's what I'm happy to serve. They're honestly one of my favorite uh, clientele to work with because they're so receptive to uh, the knowledge and we're all on the same mission to get the vet into a home. That's awesome. That's awesome. It's always great to talk to people who are, are really passionate uh, to look out for for my fellow brothers and sisters uh, in arms. So thanks for joining me today. This is really great. So Today, we want to talk about those qualifications for a VA loan. And I know a lot of my military friends out there have either happy memories or maybe not so happy memories of being out there on the the rifle qualification course, pistol qualification course, whatever have you. But we're talking about different types of of qualifying today, those VA loans. So we thought it'd be a great kind of opener here to, to just walk us through what are some of the basic, basic qualifications that a person would have to have in terms of credit score and those types of things in order to get themselves into a VA loan. Yeah, this, you know, training's not going to be as fun as live fire on a range, but we'll try and make it as interesting as possible. So uh, the very first thing you want to do is, you know, when you speak with your mortgage professional is go ahead and pull your certificate eligibility just before we get into the credit score and everything like that, because a lot of times um, you have to meet certain or you have to meet certain criteria all the time. But a lot of times there might be uh, errors in what data stored on the veteran and we might have to do a little work on the VA side. So for that part, um, I'm going to switch over to screen because I do not have the nine chapter VA hand. It's actually longer than that memorized, but it's uh, basically. So if you want to look at the different uh, categories of um, servicemen and women, you you have your active duty and if they've been on for it's at least 91 days, then they're good. Um, and they, we can pull that through a certificate eligibility. The veteran itself, and this is a, uh, I won't go too deep into details, is technically we haven't been at peacetime um, in a while. We've always been 
at wartime, no matter what, and that limits requirements. That's where the 90 days is. And the veteran um, that's discharged is 24 months continuous of active duty. Um, and then they cover the war and peacetime. There are um, different programs for your reservists, and I always have to look that up, but it's six years of service and you'll have to get a point statement. And we can go into that at a later podcast about how the point statement works for that. And then there's um, their surviving spouse loan. And I, I've only done um, two of these in my career. And, you know, there are, I know lots of uh, loan officers take passion at it because it's someone that has been uh, MIA or KIA and served our country. And we want to help that veteran's family own a piece of the land that they fought for. So it has to be uh, service connected causes, either active duty or um, determined later from something that maybe happened while they're in service. But if you were um, married to a veteran and have lost that veteran, you can still use the VA benefit and without a funding fee. So that, that's great right there for um, helping that family get into a home. Very, very cool. So how about things like most loans, mortgages you're going to get out there, they're going to need basic things like a minimum credit score, right? There's actually maximums uh, as well on how much loan that you're allowed to get for your mortgage, uh, something called DTI requirements. And I'll let you explain what exactly that stuff is. But what are some of the, those basics, you know, your credit score minimums, your, your loan limits, your, your debt to income requirements? What are those things? Yeah, so there's actually, and I got notes to the side, so I don't mess up anything, but I, I can't tell you off the top of my head, there is no minimum credit score. The short answer is lenders can put in a minimum credit score, but the VA does not have a minimum credit score. And what I mean by lenders can put it in is they can put in additional rules on lending. They're called overlays, but you might, like some of our lending partners, they have 620 credit score. You might even see 640 as a minimum. Um, I've done it as low as 550. Some lenders go down to 500. The thing with the minimum credit score is VA wants the underwriter and loan originator to look at the total loan application and not just base it off credit score. And that's where you mentioned debt to income ratio. Uh, that's what another um, nice factor of a VA loan is, is there is no maximum debt to income ratio. What there is, really? Yeah, we do an automated underwriting software and it has to give us an approval. And if it doesn't give us an approval, then we do what's called a manual underwrite. And then you will have a debt to income calculation cap. Most of the time it's like 50% or less. And that can also vary from lender to lender. I've worked with some lenders in the past that cap it right at 41, some 43, but that would be a conversation you'd have with your loan officer. What the VA does and it, it's actually, in my opinion, a great calculation because it's more of a real world calculation than using your gross income plus what bills show up on your credit report and saying you can spend X amount on your mortgage because they factor in things in this calculation called residual income. And that varies based off region, house size and the amount of people in the house. Uh, quick example. Uh, so say the veterans only one on the loan and he's married, but his wife works. Well, we only have to do the residual based off one person. But if the veteran's married and the wife stays at home and watches the children and there's two children, then the residual income is based off a family size of four. And part of the other factors that go in there is they do back out taxes out of your um, 
paycheck, whether you're active duty with an LES or working in a civilian line of work. Because they want to do, like I said, that real world calculation. So we take your gross income, back out taxes, um, Social Security, all that. Would that show up on your credit report? Any child care expenses? And then we also factor in a um, cost of maintenance on the house. I believe it's 14 cent a square foot. So like on a 2,000 square foot house, it's like $240 a month. And that's just kind of to help factor in, you know, an average of bills. So I like to use real world examples. Recently, I um, helped a veteran and he was retired and was getting uh, disability pay and Social Security. So neither one of those were taxed. Um, so we didn't have to deduct taxes from that. His debt to income ratio was 69.8%, but he met the residual income requirements with a $500 cushion. So we could close the loan. So that's where it's more important to, um, if you're a veteran speaking to your loan officer or a realtor and talking to a loan officer about a veteran, having that approved eligible computer underwrite status is not nearly as important. It's important, but not nearly as important as meeting that residual income guideline, because that's literally what the VA hangs their hat on. And even if you have that approval on the computer piece and you don't meet the residual, you're going to have to make some adjustments or you can't close. So that, that's the biggest thing. And like I said, the most common sense piece of VA underwriting. That's really interesting. So there's no minimum credit score. You've seen them go down as 550, huh? And that's the lowest I've done. We have some people in the group I'm involved with that we, we track all of our data. I think they've gotten um, deals done some a couple below 500. It, you know, there, there's always some factors of why you get down there. It's not yeah always well, guaranteed. That, it sounds like that. It sounds like there's a lot of moves. Yeah. It sounds a lot of options. It's great. Yeah. It, it's definitely worth exploring. If you have your VA eligibility and you don't think you're eligible, you just have the 30-minute conversation with a loan officer, loan professional, and, and just see what you can do. And you you might be there, you may not be there, but if you're working with the right one, you might be able to put like a six month plan together on paying down debts, doing this and getting there. It, it's a lot easier to get the VA approval than say a conventional or FHA or a USDA. And everybody thinks FHA is the easiest one to get. From my lending experience, the VA one is. It's just, there's less people that fit the VA box because have to be a veteran. No, that's that's really cool because I know that that's a big thing. A lot of people there, there's a myth out there that that VA loans are they're complicated, they're difficult to do, they're kind of a pain in the butt a little bit. Um, so it's really interesting to hear that that isn't necessarily one always the case, but also there just sounds like there's a lot more choices and availability for you to like you were saying with the res residual income. There's a lot of factors that can go into play and kind of change things up, and you might actually be in a much better position than you might think you are. Yeah, absolutely. And that's like common VA myths. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this series to teach VA myths. And, you know, we'll get into it later about minimum property requirements and everything like that. And, you know, since we're talking about basic qualification, one myth that is, you know, prevalent in our industry is they're using 0% down payment so they don't have any money. Well, no, that's not the case. A lot of these vets have the ability to put 20% down or 5% down. But if you can get 100% financing and save that money for a rainy day, 
in my opinion, that's a stronger bar rather than someone that's spending most of their savings to put down on a property. This that can get their loan, keep money in the bank and have a uh, rainy day fund. Yeah, just because they're utilizing that benefit that they earn for a hundred percent loan doesn't mean that they need it. They're just Wait, so just, just make sure I'm hearing that right. You're telling me that if, if I go out there and I'm I'm trying to buy a three hundred thousand dollar house, I can get a loan for three hundred thousand dollars. I don't have to put any money down. Correct, and you can actually on a purchase finance your VA funding fee, and that that varies based off of um. That does vary based off down payment. And if you've used the VA loan program more than once, if you're at least um, receiving 10% disability from the military, then they waive it. So if you were receiving some disability pay and you went out and bought that $300,000 house, you get a $300,000 loan. You don't even have a funding fee. You wouldn't have mortgage insurance. You don't have that monthly mortgage insurance. It's like comparing this to conventional. If you put less than 20% yeah. down, you get mortgage insurance that cancels. FHA, you have an upfront fee similar to the VA funding fee, and you have monthly mortgage insurance that never cancels unless you put 10% down, then it hangs out for 11 years, no matter how quickly you pay the loan off. So that's another benefit is no, the PMI you. aspect of everything. The only fee associated with it is that funding fee. And it, and we can drop a chart in here on the, in the comments or during the podcast of how that applies, because it like I said, it's based off down payment and how many times you've utilized your VA benefit. That is really interesting. That's really interesting. So, yeah, so yeah, so that's, that's the, the, I guess the final question I have for you specifically on that down payment, just cause that's so interesting. So the conventional side and the FHA side, right? So veterans, their friends, right? Anybody who, who can't qualify for, for a VA loan, they've got to put some kind of down payment down. But what you're saying is on the VA side, you don't have to worry about that, which is again, talks about all those options that you've got. This is amazing. Yeah, that, that's correct. And one of the other benefits that we haven't covered yet is um, based off where you're at in the country, conventional has loan limits. We're filming this in 2022. The conforming loan limit for most areas in the U.S. is $647,200. FHA is a little less than that, and that can also vary from county to county. But most of the time, it's the same. I think here in NC, it's like $434. Um, VA follows the conforming loan limits but you can go up to 100% financing without any um, down payment on just about any loan amount is what I mean. A lot of lenders go back to, you know, lenders are gonna have their caps and everything. I think one of our lending partners will go to two and a half million dollars with zero down. The rule used to be, if you went above the conforming loan limit, you had to put a little bit of down payment. And that changed a couple of years ago. I think it was like, uh, either five or 20% of the difference between the loan amount and the conforming loan limit. Don't quote me on that because it doesn't matter anymore, but you can do that hundred percent option all the way up to, like I said, I think with some of our lenders, it's two and a half million dollars. The, the highest I've done is uh, 1.1 million. The vet was exempt from the funding fee. So they had zero down payment and, um, no mortgage insurance, no upfront fee, and got a great rate because they were um, had a service-connected disability. They earned that. They got into the private factor. Were making really good money and used that benefit. You know, they they actually sold a house and walked with two hundred grand. They could put they put that in their kids' college fund. That's a benefit of you know get the house that you worked your tail off for and put some money in the bank. 
That is really cool. That is, yeah, especially the option. Again, no money down. Use that money for something else. Rainy day fund. Buy yourself some furniture. Take care of your, your kid's college fund, whatever it is. That's really cool. So, again, options. It just sounds like there's a ton of options. And as you were saying a second ago, depends on where you're from. It depends on what part of the country you're in, which is where I know we're, we're, we're talking about this a lot on these uh, on these podcasts. But it's really, really important to get out there and shop around. It's one of the biggest decisions you're going to make in your life, biggest purchases, buying a house. You might as well get out there and do the shopping like you would for anything else, for a car or whatever it is. So that's awesome. Well, well, Mike, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks for joining us. This has been really great. Where can our friends find you uh, on social media if they want to seek you out? Yeah, I mean, you can just, I do a lot through my personal page. That's just Mike Elberico. And then my business page is Elberico Mortgage Group. And it has that MLS built in there, which is 938749. Um, AMG Mortgage, I believe, is on Instagram. I just changed it and we'll drop the links in below. My email is always easy, mElberico at umortgage.com. And I have one phone number. That's it now, 910-512-0009. And you know, I'm not doing this to sell you anything. I answer questions for veterans all the time, all around the country, states I'm not licensed in. I'm happy to do it. It, it makes the mortgage industry fun to be able to just help somebody out and maybe teach them something they didn't. And maybe they get the house they didn't think they could. You know, I, I just want to get everybody into a property and that's what we're doing this for. That's amazing, Mike. Thanks. Thanks for doing that. That's, that's man means a lot, you know, to, to offer the ability to contact you, even if you're not licensed in the state, you know, any, anyone can reach out to you and contact you in any one of those ways. That's what this podcast is all about is just trying to help vets, make sure that they get the best deals possible. They get that that dream of home ownership. So, Mike, thanks again so much for joining me today. I look forward to talking with you again on a future episode of Tip of the Spear. Enjoyed it. Thank you.